real news. All right, welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. It's August 7th, 2020. It's an exciting day. I mean, yesterday, uh, you know, the president is listening and the president is super on ball. While everyone's talking TikTok, WeChat, I'm telling you, he's talking Shadowgate. And I'll explain that to you today. Uh, <laughs> and this is probably, I mean, what a coincidence. Right as Shadowgate is going to pop, they have been censoring all my social media, but they can't stop me because I've got the listening light. So that's the way it is. This has been all planned. All of it has been planned from day one. And maybe the perks of time traveling is knowing that it's going to happen. And as you could see, I was off by a couple of days. Well, let's see, a month, right? I was off by a month of when they were going to shut me down uh, because I have, um, you know, my oldest account for talking, which is, uh, uh, which I, uh, which I have on the ticker. It's one of my oldest ones. I haven't changed anything except for the banner. And I had to delete some other tweets because uh, this was the account that I used to use to communicate uh, with uh, Andy Breitbart. Uh, as, and as you can see, my first tweet ever from this account was, the word okay is Greek. Okay stands for hola cala. Direct translation means it's all good. That was because I was supposed to be banned on June 27th or 26th. Uh, but instead, you know, hey, I skirted. And it's probably because I got really sharp with the tongue. And maybe, uh, just maybe, you know, obviously, like I said, things don't always work out spot on as you foresee things when you have predictive analytics. You cannot foresee the exact thing because time is in a flux. It's not stationary. It's not linear. It's in a flux. So for the record, see? I was off. I was off by uh, a month or so, but uh, I knew because that's the one thing I said, it's all good. I'm working on it. I have uh, created a diversion one so they can go that way and just sat there. Uh, that's the way it is. Parlor, um, uh, you know, I have, but I don't use. It's very important that people understand. There's some, I use it sometimes. I, I, I go in there. I'll post sometimes. But, uh, you know, they've refused to verify me. You know, Laura Loomer and I were the first people to join that, that actually, you know, back in 2018. And, you know, they haven't verified me, confirmed me, nothing. So that tells me that they're part of Tencent. Now, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. So uh, I'm... Uh, disappeared everywhere, just like I've always been. I've always been in the shadows. So regardless, I'll still be tweeting with even just five people because people will, the people that need to see it, will see it. Now, uh, yesterday I put a lot of fire to people's feet only because the Dr. Gorka decided to, uh, slander our general. Uh, and I was, I was PO'd. I, I got, it got the best of me because it shows you that he's terrified of General Flynn and all these clowns are terrified of General Flynn and they should be. And so this is why I said one word, a MAGA coalition. The one word of that was the word coalition. What does coalition mean? Coalition means to create, a, a um, I, I would say join forces, even if it's temporary. So what you are seeing now is the right, the left, the Antifas, the communists, the trans-communists, the globalists, they're all banding together. They're forming a coalition. 
And so my last tweet uh, was the one that was the cherry on top because, you know, people, you know, that think they're beans, uh, you know, and others were like, oh, um, you know, she's going to drop our names. She's going to drop. And it's like, no, man, there's elections. I put our freedom and our elections way above your idea of I need to do a paycheck. I messed up. I shouldn't have tried to hack eight, you know, four chan or eight chan. That's the problem, right? Oh yeah. You know, I realize it's different. No, man. And so I made sure to put it out in a way that was allegedly because then they know it's a veiled threat. Yeah. After the elections, it's all going to go downhill anyway. But I said, every journal, pundit, X, A, B, C, or whatever shows hate and calls QAnon fake, called the rubbish. They tried to hack, and maybe some were allowed to post, 4chan, 8chan, and Akun, and fear General Flint. No, regardless if they're like, oh, what they're doing to General Flint is unfair, and they're all General Flint, General Flint, they're terrified. Allegedly, of course, right? And there may be IP logging attempts. Allegedly. So I'll leave that there because that's what freaked them out. That's what got them hot under the collar. And, you know, it was probably the Hungarian drunk guy that set the chain reaction because it was like one after another, which is fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'm not I'm not here to become popular. I'm here to give information. And what I'm going to show you is Shadowgate is in full speed ahead now with this whole, it's not about TikTok. It's not, remember when I said, I'm not going to tell you, but why are we getting a cut? Why is the government involved? Like when has the government ever facilitated? Because we are the commodity. But how can he justify it? Think about it. How can they justify it? Okay. How can they justify it? So we're going to talk about that because you're going to see this has everything to do with Shadowgate because this is where it comes down to it. Uh, And it's great because it's coming. It's like we're hand in hand and we're not even talking. So I am going to walk you through the majority of this. Um, but first we're going to talk news. Um, so first of all, I wanted to, uh, draw your eyes to, okay, first fake report. They're all saying that the king that escaped, uh, you know, (laughs) Spain, right. That ran away in the middle of the night and said, I'm going to an undisclosed location. So CBS reported, oh, he's in Saudi Arabia. That's a lie. So what he did was he left Spain, he went to New Zealand, and now he's in La Romana with the sugar daddy. I'm just going to say that for now. So there goes that. Just mentioning it, because we already knew. Taurus has always knows where these clowns are going. I've been following the royals for a while. So King Juan Carlos is uh, closer than you think. So now I want you to turn your eyes to Nigerian TV. Yes, I love watching their news. So you'll be like, what? You watch them too? Yes, I do. Here we go. Uh, Listen to their report about the fire at UAE.
So for those of you on the radio, this is a fire in the United Emirates. Nigeria TV, Voice TV Nigeria, was showing massive fires. As I've been saying, the world is on fire. Step back to the moon and look down and you see it all. Because that's what I do. I stand on the moon and I watch. And you can see it. This is the this is the United Emirates. Remember, coupled coupled with the fact that we have a push against them. There's a huge push against the UAE right now to leave um, poor um, Qatar alone. They're pushing hard. Leave Qatar alone, Saudi Arabia. Leave Qatar alone, United Emirates. And, you know, now they're saying, oh, the, the, the bad, bad king is in Saudi Arabia. And it's like, hey, we've got a spy in Saudi Arabia sitting there like our ambassador. He used to be part of President Barack Hussein Obama's intelligence board. Why is he our ambassador in Saudi Arabia? These are all things we should be asking ourselves. How is it that the former intelligence guy for President Barack Hussein Obama, presidential intelligence advisory, so he was close to him. Why do we have him as an ambassador in Saudi Arabia? So that's a question. So as we can see, there are fires uh, people omit to say or misstate as something else. You know, lots of different, uh, you know, takes on actual news. So we're going to start with the domestic, uh, the, the domestic stuffs. Uh, and I think we need to start it with um, my favorite of all, Mr. Tucker Carlson, who I just j'adore. Here we go. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Things have changed so fast, so dramatically this year, that it's hard to remember what a very different country this was on New Year's morning. Back then, a little over seven months ago, the U.S. felt politically volatile. It definitely was. There was an election coming. But it still felt fundamentally American. There was no mistaking this country for any other country. We weren't Mexico or Luxembourg or Burundi. We definitely weren't China. Yes, most of our consumer goods did seem to be manufactured in Asia, but our way of life, our system, our society, seemed to be the very opposite of China's. The Chinese were enslaved. We were free. That was the difference, and it was permanent. It would never change. Not one in a thousand Americans doubted that. In January, for example, Dr. Anthony Fauci, at the time not yet a household name, did an interview with the Journal of the American Medical Association to talk about America's response to the Wuhan coronavirus. Fauci explained the authoritarian measures the Chinese government had taken to contain that virus. Then Fauci noted, almost offhandedly, that in America, none of that would be allowed. Watch. They've not only shut out the traffic out of Wuhan, planes, trucks, buses, ferries, railways, but they've done it to a number of the surrounding cities. So rather than say historically, it doesn't do much good, which is true, I think it's important to wait and see that maybe the Chinese, because of the state of their society, that they're able to do that. I mean, as you well know, there's no chance in the world that we could do that to Chicago or to New York or to San Francisco. 
As you well know, there is no chance in the world that we could do that to Chicago or to New York or to San Francisco. That's what Fauci said. Note his use of the word to. The Chinese government was doing these things to its people, not for them. In other words, these were punishments, not remedies. And none of that would ever be allowed here in a free country. It just couldn't happen in America. Fauci's words seem quaint now, like a fax machine or a black and white photograph. Fauci himself has since become one of the most strident advocates of a Chinese response to coronavirus, but he's hardly alone in that. Yesterday, the mayor of New York announced that he plans to erect armed checkpoints around the perimeter of the city and use plainclothes government agents to follow citizens to their homes. It would have been impossible to imagine any of that in January. Yet de Blasio's announcement didn't seem especially shocking. We're used to it now. That's how similar to China we have become. It's a big change. But like all seismic shifts, it happened incrementally before it happened overnight. For years, we watched our leaders prostrate themselves before the Chinese government. Most of us just assumed they were greedy. That's why they were doing it. China was paying their bills, so they bowed. We never imagined they actually admired the Chinese system. Oh, but they did. And that became clear with the arrival of the coronavirus. The first tip was their resolute refusal to admit where the virus came from. When strong evidence emerged from Chinese scientists that the disease originated in a lab in Wuhan, our leaders immediately and adamantly dismissed it as a conspiracy theory. They didn't want to know more. Their first instinct was to defend China. They didn't want the Chinese system discredited. That seemed confusing, but we soon learned why. The Democratic political activist Zeke Emanuel was among the first to reveal how the left planned to use the pandemic to change the United States. Here he is on MSNBC four months ago this week. Realistically, COVID-19 will be here for the next 18 months or more. We will not be able to return to normalcy until we find a vaccine or effective medications. Is all that economic pain worth trying to stop COVID-19? The truth is, we have no choice. Oh, the truth is, we have no choice. Except in a democracy, we always have a choice. That's why it's different from an autocracy. In a democracy, on the big questions, the public gets to decide what the public wants. The people rule. That's the whole point of the American system. But the left had no plans to let the public decide anything. So instead, they issued resolute decrees. Remain at home. Wear a mask. Do not congregate with others. No one asked voters what they thought about any of this. Democracy played no role in it. The orders came down, men with guns enforced the orders, the government used sophisticated technology to track down anyone who disobeyed them, just like in China. Here's Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti. This has really been marvelously embraced by 99.9% of people. We see it in the traffic data. We see it in the cell phone data. But we're going to hunt down that last 0.1% and say, you got to get inside, you got to cut it out, and you got to distance. Oh, most people obey, but, quote, we're going to hunt down the last 1%. In other words, no dissent of any kind allowed, just like in China. In China, the government loads disobedient citizens into trucks and carts them away. We have video of that happening. In Los Angeles, they just starve you out. They take away your water and your electricity. These large parties are unsafe and can cost Angelinos their lives. 
That is why tonight I am authorizing the city to shut off Los Angeles Department of Water and Power Service in the egregious cases in which houses, businesses, and other venues are hosting unpermitted large gatherings. Recognize that? In some ways, all authoritarian societies are the same. They are characterized by corruption, a lack of social trust, and a deep cynicism about government. All those attitudes are endemic in China. Suddenly, they are nearly universal in this country. The public understands that our leaders are lying to us. Politicians use lockdowns for political ends. In the name of public health, they reward supporters and they punish their opponents. They're barely hiding this anymore. They've done it since day one, but most of us wrongly assumed that our Bill of Rights would prevent them from going too far. That was our backstop against tyranny, but we were wrong. The Bill of Rights has not prevented them from doing precisely what they want to do. In state after state, governors, for example, have targeted the faithful on the assumption that most traditional Christians do not vote Democrat, therefore they must be punished. Now, banning the exercise of religion is unconstitutional. Obviously, it's a direct violation of the letter and the spirit of the First Amendment. It's never happened before, but they have made it happen. They've done it anyway. As in China, our government has enthusiastically persecuted Christians. Here's New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy explaining. You have closed church services and synagogue services and arrested people for attempting to attend them. Did anyone say that maybe practicing your faith might be important to someone's mental health? Listen, I think we've had a very good, uh, uh, good common ground with faith leaders of literally every faith who understand this. Okay, like he said, with every faith leader that understands this, this is a problem, okay? This is a very big problem because our churches have decided to put their arms down. Their arms are the word of God. All houses of worship have put their hands down, showing you what they value more, their income, their tax status, or you. There's no way that any of them should have ever had the right to put their hands down. Now, I'll tell you something that happened to my Greek Orthodox church. So uh, back uh, last year, just so you know, uh, uh, as always, President Trump has, uh, you know, the Greeks uh, come into the White House to celebrate their independence after 400 years of being slaves to the Turkish Ottomans. You know, they... Uh, rose up. Do you know how the guy who led the Freedom Party of Greece, first of all, his name was Kolokotronis, uh, he decided to round up a bunch of patriots, and their um, inspiration was the coin of Jason. And guess what letter it had on it? The letter Q, a copa. So they rose up and said enough. They've been raping our women, killing our children, disallowing us from studying our history. They're destroying our monuments. They're selling our ancient artifacts. You know, they were having school and church in caves. This is the story. So on March 25th, 1821, they decided to rise up. And one man took just a handful of people with sticks and stones and they annihilated a whole Turkish, you know, block where they were throwing women off the cliff. 
There was a woman in the north by the name of Bubulina, who disappeared, by the way, and after that rose up the Greeks of the north, closest to the border of Turkey. So suddenly, the capital of Greece was constantly migrating. They would be able to communicate across the whole nation so quickly and rose up. Now, do you know how he died? Do you remember how our amazing people in Benghazi died? Do you remember how one of them was skewered and cooked? That's exactly how Colocatronus was skewered and cooked back in 1821. Hence why Benghazi, for me, was so symbolic in the way they treated our people. Now, they all went to the White House in 2019 And the head of the church, the head of the whole Greek Orthodox faith in the USA said, God bless President Donald J. Trump. Within a week, he was removed. And a new man came up with the name El Pitophoros, which means hope bearer. (laughs) How ironic. He is the most corrupt person the church could put up there. And for me, Related to the heads of church, the heads of the Greek church. When I say that I'm well into, you know, heads, I immediately contacted and said, what is going on? Why is this tool here? And there's 12 of them. And only five remain loyal to what Christianity really stands for. The rest are all about this one world religion because that's going to eradicate terrorism. What? And I tell my uncle, and I was in tears. This is terrible. How is this happening? I don't know what to tell you, my child. There's only so much we can do. You know, the church is the richest of them all. And remember, we went through this whole show that I did where I explained to you the richest nations and where was the Vatican, right? So the richest person person was the Pope. So what you need to understand is our churches have abandoned us a long time ago. None of them stood up for the people and any little church across the nation that defies the head church's laws that says you are not allowed to open because coronavirus or whatever. They are immediately removed, shut down and do not get funds. So what are the people to do? They're taking away everything, everything away from the people, everything. I mean, mine opened up and they're like, you can have 25 people when you have masses of three, 4,000 people, you know, I, I can't even find it in my heart to, to take the spot of someone that has been going to church every Sunday and craves for it. They find that as peace. That is the only time that they have social, uh, you know, uh, interactions, You know, because old people are at home and their husband or wife have passed away. So they go and see their church friends and they have a cup of coffee after service, which is not allowed either. They're being, you know, the the one thing I I can tell you from my, you know, day job work, whenever I do uh, audits for Medicare or Medicaid and, you know, they're usually elderly. And when I interpret for them, it's like they really want to just talk to someone. 
You know, they're just like, oh, you know, I don't talk to a lot of people. I'm usually in the house by myself. And it's so sad. You know, it's very sad. And now we've taken away the one thing they know. That's why General Flynn's letter was so important because it points out just how much it hurts. Now, we can all congregate and have our own Bible studies, obviously not in California, because they will turn off your power and your water. This is, this is an attack on everything we hold dear, everything. Um, We are coming up to a break. I have to play my commercials. I love my commercials. Um, And I want you guys to just let that sink in for a little bit. Our churches have abandoned us. Those that will not open the doors have abandoned us. And those priests or heads of churches, you know, in your local area cannot open because they will never open again if they do so, or they will be replaced with someone that will obey. So on that note, let's just uh, listen to these incredible commercials and we'll be right back. Forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? 
I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Uh, welcome back, everyone. So let's continue with um, Tucker Carlson's um, clip here, and um, we'll take it from there. So listen carefully. Governor Murphy says he has reached agreement with those faith leaders who, quote, understand this. He doesn't say anything about the faith leaders who, quote, don't understand this. The leaders who'd instead like to worship their God as the Constitution guarantees they can't. There's no common ground for them. They will be arrested just as they are in China, nor can they fight back. In a free society, self-defense is the most basic right. All other rights rest upon it. Self-defense is illegal in China, and suddenly it's illegal in this country, too. The Democratic Party's militia loot stores, deface our cities, attack people with impunity. They are rarely punished for doing it. Yet Americans who try to protect their families from the violence face the full rage of the state. They risk going to jail. They have been indicted. As in China, there are now two standards of justice. The party has decided who can be armed. Everyone else must submit. It wasn't always this way in the United States. In fact, until recently, we had a functioning constitution. But anyone who remembers that is a threat to the state. History itself is a threat to the state. In China, there is no history. Like religion, the past is purely a political tool to be shaped by temporal leaders seeking to protect their power. In place of God, the state offers secular cults in which citizens worship party-approved political martyrs. Doesn't sound very American, but suddenly it is. We are here to honor George Floyd. For those who wish to, we will now kneel for our moment of silence. Anyone who challenges the cult, who refuses to join it, who won't kneel before it, is punished. And then their complaints are scrubbed from the permanent record. China does this. Chinese censors scour the Internet to make certain dangerous ideas never reach the public. Does that sound familiar to you? That's where our tech oligarchs learned it. The United States, in other words, very clearly is becoming very much like China at very high speed. It doesn't mean the two countries are identical. There's still real differences between them. In China, for example, leaders still think beyond the next election. They don't have real elections, so they can take a long-term view. And in China, they understand that countries in which the population is divided against itself, countries in which citizens have nothing meaningful in common with one another, are weak countries. And over time, countries like that are doomed. And so China emphatically rejects identity politics. It's illegal there. Leaders in China don't narrow caste to tiny constituencies based on their, quote, identity. The idea is appalling to them. The Chinese focus instead on national identity. They don't worship diversity. They promote unity. And that's why long term they believe they will win. 
The Chinese also believe, and this is another striking difference, that their economy is worth saving. They didn't destroy it with coronavirus quarantines, harsh as they were. Unlike the United States, China was a poor place until fairly recently. And so they know firsthand that poor countries are powerless and they don't want that. In other words, the Chinese care about themselves and their future. And that's one thing we could actually learn from them. But we don't seem to be. So that was that was an interesting uh, opening. That was his opening. And it was extremely interesting. But it takes you to what they've been doing to our youths, our troubled youth, the youth that we should be extending our arms to, the youth that we should be helping. This is how evil they are. A youth that is in trouble. Listen to what listen to what they did to them. It is the most horrible thing ever. Officials at the Los Angeles County Juvenile Detention Center forced a 16-year-old inmate to take estrogen in order to change and modify his behavior. Hard to believe that happened, but apparently it did. Wesley Yuchi is a civil rights attorney. He's representing the teenager in the suit, and we're happy to have him tonight. Mr. Yuchi, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. Tell us how this happened, why it happened, if it's ever happened before. It sounds almost impossible to believe. Yes. So my client was a 16-year-old male uh, who was detained downtown um, near, uh, near downtown Los Angeles at the juvenile hall. And about two days after he first came and, and arrived there, uh, he was seen by doctors uh, without his parents' permission. And they, for whatever reason, decided to diagnose him with a condition called oppositional defiant disorder, otherwise known as ODD. And there was no um, psychology test done. There was no psychiatric testing done. And the problem is, is that um, oppositional defiant disorder is otherwise a psychological um, issue that needs that type of testing. And uh, what exactly happened was uh, they came down with that diagnosis. And on the same day, they prescribed him a dosage of estrogen. Uh, and they never told his parents or him uh, that they were going to uh, make him take it. Um, and the theory is is that uh, with ODD, it's associated with higher levels of testosterone, which is also correlated with uh, you know higher levels of delinquency. And so we believe in this lawsuit that he was prescribed on the same day this level of estrogen in order to counteract uh, his testosterone, which they uh, deemed was elevated at the time. The problem is, is that uh, that's an unfounded um, medical treatment. Yeah. There's no scientific proof that that exists. And what makes it even worse is that they refused to tell him uh, what they were forcing him to take. And when he refused uh, to take the medication, saying, I, I'm not going to take this medication, you haven't told me what it is, uh, they told him he couldn't refuse, and because he had a pending juvenile delinquency case, uh, he felt that if he continued to refuse, it would have a negative impact on the ultimate result or punishment he was going to receive from the juvenile court. And so uh, this, this, he believes, you believe, caused him to grow breasts. Yes. So immediately uh, after taking the medication, he developed a condition called gynecomastia, and what that is is the um, the growth of the tissue in the breast region, and um, 
essentially what happened was uh, you know, all the kids at the juvenile hall uh, noticed immediately and were making fun of him when they were showering or when they would have to go out. Uh. Okay, let me just stop right there before you listen to the rest. This is appalling. So first of all, you have a juvenile, right, a child that has committed something that you assume is a crime, right, or is a crime, whatever it is. Those that are the biggest sinners are the ones that we are supposed to be embracing. Yet, I want you to think back to Bradley Manning. That's all I have to tell you. Think of Bradley Manning. Now, and think for all these ladies out there and all these men that have ladies on their arms or all these ladies that have ladies on their their arms, whatever. I could tell you as a woman, when your hormones are out of sync, oh my gosh, you have, you have the right to actually claim temporary insanity uh, in some cases if you have PMS or if you're pregnant because your hormones drive you insane. And so they gave this boy, a boy at his prime at 16, female hormones, female uh, estrogen, what pregnant women get. <laughs> okay. I mean, we need estrogen. It actually blocks our ability. This is why women are so supersonic, right? The estrogen that we have when it peaks, right? Uh, it is actually protective of us from getting um, heart attacks. Did you know that? And that's why majority of women don't get heart attacks until they go through menopause because we stop producing all these hormones. The drop in progesterone causes a woman's period, just so you understand. That, that is actually a cue in the body to start shedding the lining of the uterus. So, so we know. And when that drop happens, you know, that's why women are moody, they're upset because suddenly this hormone is out. And then when estrogen, you know, starts to rise, you know, they become um, very sensitive, um, very open to suggestion. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a chemical. Remember, our cells, our brain, our hearts, our everything uh, communicate through chemicals. What they have done to this child is, is horrific. And imagine how many more they're doing it. And this child was a ward of the state and this child was in prison and is a child. So child prison, juvenile prison, whatever you want to call it. Right. So at that point, they cannot refuse the medication because we will say that you're even more defiant and that you're not listening to us because you are ward of the state. This is reality. Imagine how many children right now, how many out there are going through this? How many pharmacies are compliant in dispensing medications through contracts they have that may or may not be the ones that your doctor has asked them to fill? To exercise, uh, go to the pool, uh, to go to PE. His parents, who visited him uh, on a regular basis, all noticed uh, right away that there was some type of growth on his chest. And being a 16-year-old male uh, who's already pretty self-conscious and, and trying to get used to his, his developing body. Yes. Well, it's, um, it's grotesque. And, and I, I, you know, it's also a metaphor for what they're doing to the country, right? They hate testosterone above all else. Um, I wish we had more time, Mr. Yuchi. This is a remarkable story. I'm taking your word that it's true, but I, I just have never heard anything like it. And I hope this is the only time it's ever happened. And I, and I hope you prevail. Thank you. for. Okay. So let me tell you something else. 
So this brain project that I told you about that Barack Hussein Obama has dropped trillions of dollars in, do you know what one of their experiments are? Using fluctuations in hormones to allow for control of aggression, uh, which means uh, not for them to be um, subdued only, but using uh, different uh, quantities and finding that safe zone, they're experimenting that is, to find, you know, what the top end of the toxicity level is uh, from actually giving pharmaceuticals, hormonal pharmaceuticals uh, to males and females alike that will increase uh, aggression. And we're talking stimulus of the amygdala directly. This is crazy. And this is just one example. There are so many. Like I said, how do you know when you go, and it sounds so bad, right? How do you know when you go that the medication that you're getting is actually the medication that you need? This is a question you should ask yourself. Because once you see that, you know, you're... Uh, Health insurance now wants to send you your medications. They've bought out pharmaceutical companies like CVS is almost exclusive to Medicare medications. How do you know and how does it go? This is horrible. Horrible. So these are these are attacks on humanity. It is the most aggressive and we see it in front of us all the time. They are taking our way uh, away our rights to practice our religion. They are taking away our rights to have transparency in our care. It's the most aggressive, shameless. They are the visible enemy. For those that can see, for those that cannot, they are still invisible. So I want to now... Uh, kind of bring you into uh, how things are panning out for, you know, our deep staters. And I want to start with a uh, short interview with uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, in respects to the New York Attorney General and her lawfare against the NRA. And on that note, I also want to say, you know, yesterday how we talked about James O'Keefe, right? Uh, being on a list. I will bet my money on it. Remember the attorney general he got in a spat with? Was it New Hampshire or Delaware? I don't remember. It was one of those uh, New England states. I guarantee you he logged into the system when he got upset that they exposed electoral, you know, corruption, right? Where he videotaped. Remember that person? The FBI may have it in there, But like I said, there are so many state-level agencies, even your water treatment people, that can access LEO databases of the FBI and put whatever they want. They can, hey, if I have access to it, I can make you a criminal. I can make you a felon. And, And then go figure if I put an old case, new case, super old case, I'll just plant whatever I want wherever. And I can even give it three, four documents of paper trail and lock you up forever because I can do that because I have access to that. This is what you got to be thinking. Now, you'll see how it comes all for full circle. And I hope we have, you know, uh, th- these these two hours, we will get to it because even though we're talking TikTok, 
you're going to see how it's talking exactly what we've been talking about all along, how the deep state manufactures, creates, collates, inserts, and uses data. It's data, data, data. So let's take a listen to this interview uh, with uh, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani, former New York City mayor, um, Rudy, is this anything more than a hundred million dollars in a in a um, organization that I started and Bloomberg continued and he ruined. It's called he named it Thrive New York, which really seems to be Thrive somebody we don't know who. Nobody's investigating that more. That's nine hundred million dollars in New York City. The city council went crazy when they found out about it, and now nobody wants to talk about it. So that could that could easily be investigated. The NRA is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous what, what she's doing. And she's seeking capital punishment for uh, whatever she claims are the errors. Well, just so, Rudy, just so people know how she's justifying her lawsuit, so people get what her so-called logic is, this is what she said. Why call for the dissolve for it to dissolve instead of just the removal of these people and try to keep this organization intact? Because the corruption was so broad. And because of the level of waste and because they have basically um, destroyed all of the assets of uh, the corporation, it was critically important uh, um, that uh, one of the causes of actions and one of the remedies that we are seeking is the dissolution of the NRA. Isn't this just a, a lawsuit to crush an influential conservative organization in an election year, Rudy? Of course it is. I mean, she's, she's a poor excuse for a lawyer anyway. And she ran on a single uh, issue, which was get Trump. Uh, rather inappropriate for an attorney general, just attorney to run to get one person. And now this case against the NRA, the NRA has brought suit against her. My money is on the NRA. I wouldn't bet on her legal acumen anyway. But um, I mean, the, the, rea- the reality is that this is just a silly lawsuit. She's got real scandals to look at. The one I mentioned, 900 million that went to Obama's wife and the charity she was running. No, nobody has the guts to look at that. Not the DA, who's turned out to be another political hack, Sarah Vance. I mean, he's just a complete politician, not Rudy, a, not what a does district this all mean? Uh, what does this all mean to the city? Just, it's kind of funny to see Cuomo begging people to come back to the city. But for all of us... It means who, they can't govern more. What, what happens to New York? Totally, what, what happens to New it, York it means same, now? It means what Governor Pataki said about 10 days ago. He and I you know, did everything we could to turn this place around and did. He said this uh, city's going city's gonna to be finished if de Blasio keeps going in this direction. It's not going to be revivable. You, you can't drive away this much capital so quickly. You can't have a crime rate to go up. I mean, I... I brought murder down the first year. I did it twenty percent. He he brought it up twenty four percent. Now, how do you keep up with that? Well, turn this city around like that. There, if, there's now graffiti all over the city of New York. It's so it's so depressing it's for all of us. For all of us who have you know either have lived in New York or work in New York, it's it's a heartbreak. And and tonight, our message to America is: this can happen to where you live. If you make the wrong decisions politically, this this is not just going to be confined to New York. If if the Biden gang gets in charge, Rudy, this kind of retribution campaign is going to be sweeping the country. And I mean, the Midwest, too. Last word. Oh, absolutely. There, there will be a criminalization of politics in the worst way. And there will be deterioration like you see in New York and Chicago and Baltimore. And that's it. That's our future. If we elect uh, Biden and the Democrats, that's uh, no doubt about it. 
Rudy, the difference between New York when you were mayor and all of us were still young in the city and now it is just a heart. It's a, I mean, I say it, it's ang I'm angry about it, but I'm heartbroken as well for the people of New York. It's my heart too. It is a heartbreak. Rudy, thank you so much. A lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. Hi. All right. So we're back. So uh, something weird happened uh, while we were uh, on air. Uh, everything got kicked off, even on Red State Talk Radio. Even, I, I mean, I'm not connecting on Red State Talk Radio at all. It's constantly kicking off and playing uh, uh, yesterday's show for whatever reason. Um, I'm contacting uh, the uh, manager of the station uh, because it's constantly kicking me off. Uh, it's like they don't want anyone on air listening. Um, so what did we get? We got exactly what I've been saying for a long time, right? Uh, that this is all lawfare. They're just weaponizing the courts and, uh, it's, it's just horrible. They, they don't care. You guys, they really don't care. They don't care if you can see, uh, them doing it. They don't care about anything. Uh, it's, it's, it's blatant. It's visible. And now the gloves are really off with president. I'm totally back. I know it stopped. It constantly keeps doing that. And, um, they're, they're constantly doing this because they know I'm going to tell you what's going on and that's okay. Uh, cause I can still tweet. I can still upload these. So it's no big deal. Um, what you <laughs> need to understand is they will stop at nothing. They want to make sure you can't see. And, you know, like I said, that last tweet was very revealing and they were very upset about it. And um, everyone is in this um, effery. <laughs> fakery, that's the word. I used to use it. Change the A to a U, fakery. So they should be very scared because you can't, you know, when you have a weapon that's been hidden so long in someone's mind uh, and it's uh, kind of uh, booting up and getting things done, it's a little bit scary because they don't know where the um, alliance or wait, I, I don't want to say alliance. Yeah, I should say alliance where the alliances lie. So they're going to say, well, what if she puts it out there? Of course, she's going to put it out there. Here's a reminder of Joe Biden. I'm going to play we are this. Desperately Hold on. I'm going to play this for you. A friend of mine who I consider one of my um, cerebral twins, I would say. I, I, I absolutely adore him. His name is Michael Mitzel. I adore this guy. Uh, he shared this, and I love it. I want you guys to see who the real Joe Biden is. I want you guys to really see who the real Joe Biden is. Take a listen. The president used his radio address uh, yesterday and tomorrow in the Rose Garden to talk about a constitutional amendment to ban gay marriage. You know, think about this. The world's going to Hades in a handbasket. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act. We've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. 
Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? And Pretty interesting, right? It's very interesting. See, people forget who those people used to be. People forget what they used to say. And that's where he was younger. So, uh, you know, I have um, just, just, just so you understand, uh, I have been pointing to the past for here we go. I'm back. They can't stop me. I'm everywhere. We got that. Um, so I'm going to repeat. They can't stop what's coming. No matter how hard they try, they cannot stop what's coming. It's coming hard. It's coming fast. And, oh, I see someone got my first little thing on Twitch. It's a little TARDIS. They approve that. I put a lot of President Trump ones and Twitch denied all of them. So um, here we are again. Um, I don't know if we're going to be connecting on air too but um here's uh let's start today's um show now that we kind of got that out of the way so you can see what other things are happening just to get you on there um oh wow i am off air now aren't i Okay, it's one. I didn't even see it because I've been busy pulling up firewalls and VPNs like crazy. So um, give me a second. Let's just play some music and I will be right back so I can line everything up. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, so I'm really hoping that um, I am now connected to the radio station. I'm hoping that I stay there. Uh, we will be uploading this uh, regardless on uh, iHeart, on uh, Stitcher, iTunes as um, audio. So that will be coming up uh, because I can um, maintain uh, that uh, line on my end, on my hard drive. Here we go. I'll see you in a bit. Welcome, everyone, uh, to the Tory Says Show again. I know that the radio station, uh, my connection there is being throttled. That's fine. Again, it'll be uploaded via iHeart. I, I think that the station manager is unavailable, so that way he can go in and manually fix it. Um, so I, I just wanted to say something on my little TARDIS. I had shown pictures of a souvenir that I have that is over 100 years old. And I call it a souvenir because it is a souvenir. And, uh, you know, uh, someone had sent me a video uh, on a DM before I was um, booted off of Twitter. And um, it was uh, from a movie where it showed this ball that would spin and clean up the room, the cleaning ball. I think there's like a clip on it somewhere on YouTube that you can find it. Now, um, uh, because elections are coming up and because Shadowgate is coming up and because of the confiscation of property in Kentucky that happened because of the raid in Cleveland, I, I can tell you uh, it, it is all connected. Uh, the whole ban on TikTok, all connected. One thing you have to look at is Skyworks. It's still there. We've got it all and they hate it. So anyone 
anyone that is actually a key player in this, it's here. So um, to start this off, I thought we would start with a topic that I've been the only person that I've seen on the internet talking about this. And I kind of mentioned it yesterday. Uh this uh, talk about Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, let's listen to this short clip from Fox. That's is criticizing Supreme Court Justice Chief Justice John Roberts tonight. Correspondent Kristen Fisher tells us why. Chief Justice John Roberts has been a disappointment to conservatives. Whether it be Vice President Mike Pence venting his frustration with Chief Justice John Roberts for siding with the Supreme Court's liberal justices in a string of recent defeats for the Trump administration. From upholding the DACA program for undocumented immigrants to extending protections to LGBTQ workers. The Chief Justice also ruled against the church in Nevada, fighting for more than 50 people to attend services in the middle of the pandemic. And he struck down a Louisiana law requiring abortion providers to have admitting privileges at local hospitals. I think it's been a wake-up call for pro-life voters around the country who understand, in a very real sense, the destiny of the Supreme Court is on the ballot in 2020. So far, the chief justice has not responded to the vice president's criticism, nor did he react when President Trump called his 2012 decision to uphold Obamacare disgraceful. But in 2018, Roberts did issue a rare rebuke after President Trump referred to a federal judge as an Obama judge. Roberts wrote in part, quote, we do not have Obama judges or Trump judges, Bush judges or Clinton judges. That independent judiciary is something we should all be thankful for. People need to know that we're not doing politics. They need to know that we're doing something different, um, that we're applying the law. This term, Robert solidified his role as the court's anchor justice by siding with the majority in 58 of 60 cases. That's more than any other justice. He has a history of being a very impartial, fair, uh, almost umpire-like uh, justice who calls them as he sees them. But the president puts loyalty to conservatism at the top of the list when considering new judicial appointees. He's already gotten 200 confirmed. That's a record what? for a first-term president. And just like he did in 2016, he's now promising to release a new list of potential nominees to the Supreme Court if he secures a second term. There's, Mike, there's no if. This, this is... This is something that we all need. We need a second term because the Democrats have, and the Republicans, both of them are garbage. Garbage. Both of them are garbage. And regardless if people like President Trump or not, he's I love him because he's a boss. He doesn't care. He will light them up. He will torch them up. And he is cleaning house now. Hmm. Pence. Pence is a traitor, but so is Roberts. And the problem that Pence has now is that he needs to sit on that side. That was a warning. That was a warning. Just so you can see how these people operate. That was a warning. That was a setup. That was a warning. That was a warning to him. They're, they're there. It's coming. You're in a lot of trouble, dude. That was a warning. I mean, why would they suddenly ask him about something that happened like ages ago, siding on it and whatnot? We all know it's BS. That is them talking because they know they're out of ammo. That was his call. You're done. You're toast. Now, where was I going with this? With Cleveland. So when they were raided, they raided the Cleveland offices. And then we saw the Ukrainian ships in Beirut, you know, where we got the crater, right? Where Earth disappeared with the implosion that we saw, 
right? The raid in Cleveland also led to us confiscating two big properties, the PNC Plaza building in Louisville, Kentucky, and the Dallas um, uh, complex, uh, office complex in Texas. Now, that was Optima. But there's another company in Kentucky sitting there all pretty, a big real estate company. They own Balboa Real Estate out in California, and they own a real estate company in Kentucky, okay? And it's called Skyworks. Very funny name. Led by who? The son of the guy. Right. Remember when I told you in 2015 when they were setting all of this up? Because, you know, most of the hacks coming onto the Chan boards were coming out from overseas, just so you know. <laughs> so you remember that? Right. So these hacks were coming from overseas and they were coming through Ukraine, of course. This was all set up. And Kolominsky, Ior Kolominsky, got visas in 2015 as a reward for tons of family members. And Skyworks, the head of that group, is none other than a relative. So we've got more real estate to look at, boys and girls. We've got tons. Now, obviously, a lot of these creeps are listening to Tori says, and you know what? That's the gaslight. See, uh, you don't like to be gaslit. I'm going to keep on coming. Menendez, you hear me? Schiff, you hear me? That's how we're going to find you because it's all about real estate. This is how Schiff on his reporting on his reporting, he puts down that he has a loan for a mortgage to no bank for half a million to a million. All of them are corrupt. The Senate Intel Committee, the Select Senate Intel Committee, tomorrow is going to get a criminal complaint from me. Now, I tried to reach out to Sidney Powell from her website to see if she wants to do it for me. I reached out to Judicial Watch today via email because all of us should be together on this. We need a criminal complaint filed that they defied the president's order and illegally appointed someone with no vote that had no reason to be appointed as the IG of the NSA. So that's number one. So that's coming. Tomorrow is the day. It's the 8th. Remember, I sent that reminder fax on July 8th on the 30-day mark. Hey, can I get a copy of that? voice vote because everybody was like oh they just voice vote how do they voice vote someone that the president revoked he re retracted right his nomination so how did you just throw him into the pool of all these nominees and have a hearing and not ask him hey last month were you interviewing with the president of ukraine for a job there this is terrible and you know i really feel bad for the leftists the one that talked Cheeto, orange man, bad and all that. Imagine if they knew all this, they'd be like, well, hold on a second. I don't like Trump. I don't like his attitude, but man, he's the only one actually doing all of them are corrupt. There is no left and right. They're one in the same. They are one in the same. Republicans had control of that committee. You guys, Republicans had control of that committee. So what people need to understand is that this is it. You are now seeing the war that has been happening for over a decade, for over a decade, and they can't stop what's coming. And they're really, really, really upset. And so this is how it goes. Saying it just like, uh, just like it's on the screen, loud and clear, you can't stop what's coming. And no matter how much they try to shut people down that are stimulating thought and people looking, that is a big deal. You know, 
on Twitch in the morning, I follow like three different channels. Uh, some of them have like Cheeto in office names, you know, and stuff like that. And I see that a lot of these leftists, they still hate Donald Trump, but they still call things for what they are sometimes. So they're waking up too. everyone is waking up and they can't stop what's coming. And I'm everywhere. As you could see, I've been here. I've got more of those everywhere. I see everything. I just play dumb. Okay. When it comes to it, I throw decoys too. So the, 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 the bottom line is they are terrified. They're not terrified of me. They're not just ter terrified of general Flynn. They're terrified of you. You, the people, the minute you guys understand what is really at hand here, you'll be out there on the streets just like that, um, this distur the disturbed, you know, uh, land of confusion song. That watch that video carefully. Watch it very. It's a cartoon, but watch it carefully because it's pretty interesting. Now, um, I am, you know, obviously I travel through time. Obviously, I have some sexy souvenirs, and obviously, I've mentioned that there's super important things about the Tesla findings that people don't understand. And he was a he was a pretty weird guy. Uh, did you know that he would feed pigeons in his house? Did you know that he would sleep uh, whenever he wanted to, like wherever he was, but he wouldn't sleep a lot because a lot of sleep is not too good for you? Did you also know that he was a super, I mean, everyone was taking his tech. But did you also know just how awesome he was to have a conversation with? And you should see some of the work that he did about the moon. Uh, because that explains uh, the, um, the error in the Taurus formula uh, when applied to quantum mechanics. Uh, it's, um, there is one thing that I wanted, I wanted um, to find that clip. Gosh darn it. Um, oh, where is it? Um, this one. This one. Okay. It's the, it's the last words of Albert Einstein. It's a two-minute sound clip. I just want you guys to listen to it for a second. Mm, here we go. Let's get it up. And boom. Take a listen. And it doesn't want to take a listen. There we go. Okay, am I on the radio? I doubt it. So I'm going to read it because the people on the radio can't read it. Uh, so uh, during uh, his childhood, Einstein was a late talker. His parents were worried about it. And it says the next frame. Finally, one night at the supper table, Einstein broke his silence and said, soup is too hot. His parents asked why he never said a word before, and Einstein replied, up to now, everything was in order. Einstein was five years old and ill when his father gave him a compass. That compass sparked his interest in science. At 17, Einstein applied for the polytechnic school. He passed math and science, but failed in history, geography, etc. Einstein spent 10 years of his life at Theory of General Relativity, which he published in 1915. 
Einstein never received a Nobel Prize for relativity. It was a photoelectric effect. You know that Einstein and Tesla had some really cool conversations, right? Einstein used to love music. He once said, if I weren't a scientist, I would be a musician. Frequencies. Einstein spent the last 30 years of his life on a fruitless quest to find the theory of everything. But Albert Einstein could never succeed in it and died while working on it. When he passed, nurses found a speech he was about to deliver in Israel and a set of equations by his bedside. His last words will never be known. He said them in German, but the attending nurse didn't speak German and couldn't recall what he said. Albert Einstein died in, in sleep at a hospital in Princeton, New Jersey on April 18, 1955. Albert Einstein could have lived longer when he suffered a burst in blood vessel in 1955. Doctors told him that surgery could have saved his life, but Einstein declined by saying, it's tasteless to prolong life artificially. I have played my part. Now I will do it elegantly. So I'm going to tell you what uh, Einstein was talking about um, during his final times. He was actually explaining what E equals MC square really means. And um, it's pretty important for you to listen uh, to this archive where he explains it himself. Listen to the man tell you himself from the film archives of him of what it really means. Remember, he wanted to be a musician. Uh, just so you understand why I tell you, do not vibrate on a lower frequency. Do not let them tell you how to feel. Um, take a listen. Has created by man himself. All of us, and particularly those who are responsible for the attitude of the U.S. and the USSR, should realize that we may have vanquished an external enemy, but have been incapable of getting rid of the mentality created by war. It is impossible to achieve peace as long as every single action is taken with a possible future conflict in view. This is the formula which summarized Einstein's Here theory of relativity, a theory which gained him a Nobel Prize. Einstein took mass. Did you hear? They said the theory of relativity gave him a Nobel Prize, but he did not. Remember that? He did not. The atomic weight of a substance and the speed of light, which is... This is how they change history. ...is constant and express their relation to energy in a simple equation. E equals mc squared. The key to the atom secrets was first given to the world in 1905, when the genius Albert Einstein defined the relation between all matter and energy and evolved his revolutionary theory of special relativity. Then, encouraged by their successful progress, Szilard discussed with Dr. Einstein in the summer of 1939 the results of their findings and stressed the urgent need for action by the U.S. government. Conscious of the disaster which would inevitably follow if Nazi Germany should be the first to succeed in releasing atomic energy, Dr. Einstein decided to write a personal letter to the president. From Princeton, New Jersey, the Emergency Committee of Atomic Scientists, headed by Dr. Einstein, has issued an urgent appeal for funds with which to educate the public. 
we scientists who released this immense power have overwhelming responsibility in this world life and death struggle to harness atom. We ask your help in this fateful moment as sign that we scientists do not stand alone. I agree. And scientists such as Albert Einstein, these years see the fullest flowering of German art and science in generations. So I'm going to stop it there. One thing. What did he say? We scientists have, we want to give the power to the people. Just, just listen to, you heard that, right? He sent a letter to the president. Now here he is, and you can understand him in this one, okay? Because he does mumble. Uh, he does mumble. Uh, what he explains E equals MC squared is. the special theory of relativity that mass and energy are both are but different manifestations of the same thing. A somewhat unfamiliar conception for the average mind. Furthermore, the equation E is equal mc square, in which energy is put equal to mass multiplied with the square of the velocity of light, showed that very small amount of mass may be converted into a very large amount of energy, and vice versa. The mass and energy were, in fact, equivalent, according to the formula mentioned before. This was demonstrated by Cochrane and Walton in 1932 experimentally. So what he is saying is that energy is equal to the mass times the speed of light squared. So one gram times the speed of light, three times 10 to the eighth, you know, is uh, to the eighth power is what the energy is. So one gram can give you that significant amount of energy and that energy and mass, I've been telling you, you vibrate, are one in the same Vibration is key. And the lower the vibration you can have, the lower the energy you emit. Uh, someone will say, well, what does that have to do with how we respond to things? This is what fear porn does to you. It's all about energy. And like the letter said, we the scientists would like to give the power to the people. And so you know, uh, it was always a running joke that whenever Einstein would hang with Tesla, that uh, he, Tesla was the smartest man in the room. Uh, you know, there was always a group of nerds that would get together and talk string theory and predictive analytics throughout time. And this is all coming back full circle. Uh, the whole uh, letter to the president was to say, hey, we, 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 can, we can give the power to the people. Uh, we can give them that knowledge. We can help them understand. He knew. And that's why the theory of everything was trying to understand the hindrance of releasing the power, not 
what everything is. He already knew what everything is. Never got a Nobel Prize for that, regardless of what they're telling you. They've changed history. And another thing you should know is that Einstein was a librarian. He didn't go to college and complete it. He was a librarian. I, I, I stress this. So history is always skewed and it's rewritten by those that are in power because they want to obfuscate what's there. Like they're throwing this Russia dossier at us. So we don't pay attention to what's going on. So what is really going on? Well, we understand that General Flynn is well hated by judicial branches, even journalists, even pundits, and a lot of former and current officials, especially some generals. And, you know, you have to say, well, what is it that he knows? He knows what the theory of everything. Does he understand what they're trying to suppress? Maybe. But he just understands what the suppression is and what the plan is. So here is uh, a clip that will tell you about these executive orders that the president put out in regards to TikTok. And now you're going to understand. Now you're going to understand what this executive order really is and we'll revisit the whole we're getting a cut from the sale we're buying it and we own it and the treasury gets it because you're going to be like well everyone always uses us i mean why didn't we get a sale when you know chrysler and uh you know mercedes uh joined uh because we're the commodity ah ah here's where you're going to understand just listen carefully to this uh this clip tensions with China, as you know, President Trump issued executive orders last night on Chinese apps, TikTok and WeChat. The orders ban U.S. any any U.S. transactions with the parent companies ByteDance and Tencent. It will go into effect in 45 days. Joining me right now is the Undersecretary of State for Economic Growth, Energy and the Environment, Keith Crack. And Keith, it is great to see you this morning. Secretary, thank you so much for being here. Great to be here, Maria. Thanks for having me back. Walk, walk us through some of these threats and why TikTok and WeChat uh, are, are making Americans vulnerable. Give us the backdrop. Sure. So, Maria, the first thing is it's not just about two companies. Uh, it's about uh, the CCP's, the, the Chinese Communist Party's surveillance state. And this is an extension of that. Uh, you've talked a, a lot about Huawei on, on your show. And if you look at it, Huawei is the backbone to this surveillance state. Uh, and then there's all these different appendages uh, and like WeChat, like TikTok. Uh, and uh, Secretary Pompeo announced this uh, on Wednesday in terms of the clean network. And the clean network is the administration's comprehensive approach to uh, protecting data privacy, security the forgotten uh, men and with, women uh, of our country will be forgotten uh, no longer uh, you know, the time for empty talk so is over this is now arrives and, and if the you look hour at, of action uh, look, look at from this day forward a new vision will govern our land from this day i've been i've been writing about this in my upcoming book keith and i've already uh, it also deals with uh, human rights and, and collaborative, um, uh, uh, you know, from an economic standpoint. So th this is all about that. And, and, and if you look at uh, what what the Communist Party has been doing, they've been collecting our citizens data. And these are two big sources of that. 
Yeah. I, I've been I've been writing about this in my upcoming book, Keith, and I've got a list in front of me um, from the book research of literally 25 arrests just in 2020, uh, whether it be Chinese hackers working to steal COVID-19 uh, research or Charles Lieber from Harvard running the, the, the uh, chemistry department there and also taking money from the CCP. Arkansas, uh, Harvard, uh, Cleveland Clinic, the list goes on. How are we going to stop this? I mean, clearly when the president for three years went back and forth with Chinese officials about getting a phase one trade deal done, the intellectual property theft was the one thing that the Chinese government said, no, we're not going to stop. We're not even admitting that we're doing it. So what's the long-term plan here in terms of getting the CCP to stop stealing intellectual property as 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 a goal for growth. I mean, this is their strategy for goal for growth theft. You know, you're absolutely right that they are uh, stealing an intellectual property at massive scale. And as you know, I've spent 30 years in Silicon Valley. It's the reason why I came uh, to the government, because I had a chance to experience it firsthand. And now being here, I see that they're doing it absolutely on a massive scale. So one of these things, uh, uh, one of the core strategies is the clean networks, because with, with that, and, and you heard uh, Secretary Pompeo announce that, uh, and the launch of five new uh, clean initiatives. So it's clean, clean carrier, clean cloud, clean store, clean app, and also clean cable, undersea cables, where they collect at hyper, at hyperscale. So I think it's it's a combination. Wait, did you hear that? Clean cable ensures underseas cables are not being subverted. Where did you guys hear that first? Oh, wasn't I talking about this months ago? Wasn't I talking about it again last month, the month before, last week? How many times have I said that Google has now bifurcated the Pacific cables out to Taiwan? How many times have I said that this is how they're doing it? That's because I see and I smoke and I know things, right? So this is how it's happening. Now, you may hear some really troubling news, but you can always come back here and listen to the clear news, the clear of smoke news, right? The president told you, you might not see me for a while. And there is going to be a lot coming out, but I want you guys to just listen carefully to this. We're just going to play that little portion of the clip again, just what he's talking about these cables, because now you're going to understand even more. Because when I tell you that it is your own government officials that are working with China, who's the painted enemy, I mean, it's not like you could come out and say, hey, it's people in America because it can work both ways. Well, if everybody hates you, everybody can't be wrong. You know, that mentality, the whole cancel culture mentality. On the other hand, if he tells you everything, you'll be terrified to walk outside. You don't want to fill your medications at CVS. You don't want to buy your food. You don't want to use the tap water. You won't, you won't, right? But you and your families will be fine and everything will be fine. You'll see next year. So listen years in Silicon Valley. It's the reason why I came uh, to the government, because I had a chance to experience it firsthand. And now being here, I see that they're doing it absolutely on a massive scale. So one of these things, uh, uh, one of the core strategies 
is the clean networks because with with that and and you heard uh secretary pompeo announced that uh and the launch of five new uh clean initiatives so it's clean clean carrier clean cloud clean store clean app and also clean cable undersea cables where they collect at hyper at hyper scale so i think it's it's a combination of protecting uh, ourselves on that on that digital front and, and also bringing along our allies uh, and as Secretary Pompeo said, yeah. an alliance of democracies on that. So that's that's a key part of it, because if, if, if you look at the way they capture information, it's just not Huawei. It's the entire system. Uh, and, and then in terms of yeah. the infiltration uh, by, uh, you know, the thousands. It right there. Do you see that company called Tencent? Hmm? Do you see that? Okay. We see all the other ones that are definitely Chinese. Tencent is too. But this is where it goes back to General Jones. Oh dear. Oh dear. Now I really am aching to show you a graphic, a graphic that was worked on really, really hard. But I know that a lot of you clip, share, and you know, we have a lot of lurkers too. So I won't, um, I won't show, um, all of it, but I will try to show you some of it. So I just want you to listen. Remember Tencent, right? Remember this. This is your U.S. military. This is your State Department. This is your CIA. This is your NSA. This is everybody and their mother that's spying on you. And this is something that someone sent me because they remembered that I had told them this a while back. This is import, exports, containers, and ships. This is 10 cents. Just take a listen to this while I get that little clip ready for you so you can see it. Thousand Talents program, all those things that you've talked about on your show, we really need to be vigilant. And you're right. I mean, they're in our healthcare system. They're in our universities. And I think the first step is really to, to wake up the American citizens. And President Trump has done that. And now citizens all over the world are waking up to this malign yeah. regime. And they see that the pandemic is a result of the concealment of the virus. They see Hong Kong's freedoms being totally eviscerated. Uh, and they see the human right. rights abuses in Xinjiang. And, and it's given the political will to government leaders and corporate CEOs all around the world. So, uh, you know, Peter Navarro made a really interesting comment last week when I spoke with him and he said, look, the Chinese are gathering all this information and they could use it as blackmail. They could try blackmailing people. So I, wanna, I want you to speak to this influencing going on right now from the CCP on government officials. Because as I understand it, based on my original reporting, the CCP right now is trying to influence members of Congress. Is that true? Well, by the way, they're trying to influence everybody. And if you look at the Communist Party's doctrine, it is seduce with money and reinforce with intimidation and retaliation. So they not only do that to countries, they do it to companies, they do it to individuals. It, by the way, it's part of their okay. economic warcraft strategy. All right. How do you expect the Chinese to respond? Because they are talking about retaliating. They're calling this new effort, quote, a textbook case of bullying. The U.S., quote, has no right to set up the clean network. 
That's what the CCP is saying this morning. And they are promising retaliation. So what would you expect in that regard? Well, um, you know, they're they're a bully. And when you confront a bully, they'll back down. And, and they really back down if you confront that bully and you have all your friends uh, around you. And, and and by the way, it's about time we, we stood up to the to uh, the Communist Party. You saw when Boris Johnson about four months ago said we're going to reconsider that Huawei decision. And you saw, you know, Beijing yeah. threaten HSBC and, and, and you saw him, uh, the Chinese ambassador over there in the UK say we're going to pull back that hundred billion dollar uh, investment on that railway. And President uh, and, and Secretary Pompeo stood up and said, look, we, we stand with our allies. We're standing up to that China bully. We, uh, and so it's basically yeah. freedom against authoritarianism, Maria. Yeah, right. Well, that's what we're calling it here. We're calling it China versus the free world, because it does appear that much of the free world is aligning with the United States on this issue. No, they're not. The free world is. But uh, China is not um, China. China is everybody. Now, let's uh, let's go to this video that a friend of mine uh, sent me who I love who actually, uh, you know, I, I, I am so lucky to have him in my life almost, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, solid, what, three years now. Uh, so take a listen to this. The scanned x-rayed and looked at. One of the most overlooked aspects of human trafficking is the method of transportation. How are they moving these people all around the world? I believe it's through container ships. I'm currently standing on a container ship with roughly 10,000 containers. Maybe 5 to 10% of the cargo that comes in and out of the United States is scanned, x-rayed, and looked at by CBP. Any one of these containers you see on this ship could have about 75 people in it. Uh, we know, I've talked to CBP agents before, they have found containers with advanced life support systems, uh, food, and supplies for these people to live in these containers for a substantial amount of time while they move from port to port. I believe it's a huge problem. I honestly believe I have seen with my own eyes. I have seen families. I have seen children. We've seen stowaways. And it really makes you wonder, is this how they're moving along? Right here. One of the most overlooked aspects of human trafficking is the method of... So those of you that have actually heard me, they know exactly what I had seen and why I where that awakening moment for me was happening on a ship. So this is, uh, this is where I thought to myself, what is going on? Uh, you know, what is going on here with our nation? Why is our nation involved in things like this? So look at um, Tencent. Oh, look, ports. Oh, look, tons of them tag all this. But wait, there's more. What if I told you that clear force, clear force, not clean force, clear force is involved with Tencent? See, I immediately contacted Patrick Berge and I was like, oh, it's on. Clearforce secured a strategic investment from Centricus via, guess who? That's right, SoftBank's lead. They are all connected. China Merchants Group 
and Clearforce, $100 billion. Are you getting why we're getting a cut now? Do you see who they are taking down? Do you see what the president said about the most strongest forces against me? Do you see that? Do you know what these companies that they have across our nation, in our State Department, Department of Defense, the police, FBI, CIA, which needs to be dismantled ASAP, do you see just how much... They have their fingers on everything. Wait, because, you know, I think after seeing that container for me, that is where I woke up, uh, not woke up. I think that's where uh, my system booted and said, wake up. That is where it came up. So now I'm going to share with you part of a graphic that has been the work product of someone for weeks putting this together, which you're going to see on the video, just part of it though, not all of it, part of it, if it will allow me to show it. Um, it's not letting me show it. What is going on with my computer? Give me a second. Let's see if I can uh, find a way to make this happen because you have to see the graphic it shows you the connections that are available and it's there it is voila so i'm gonna go and just tell you this is pre-2007 these are all the relationship so you understand why certain players are where they are and everyone kind of came together you know slowly slowly came together so you have to see who is talking about this clown here uh john brennan and these men here this is just part of it when you see the network it totally makes sense this is so interesting, isn't it? So interesting. So, uh, you know, when, 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 you know, I know it sounds really bad when I tell people, hey, it's, you can't understand just how big this is. You can't understand how this one man, you know, I don't know how he made it through 2018. That was all I could think of. This is the biggest show you are about to see. Again, these people have contracts with every single agency on in, within our government and the planet. Yes, CCP. Yes, CCP. Stop. We created CCP. The question is, we need to paint an enemy. Remember that. And unfortunately, we have to put a face on that enemy. And Xi Jinping knows that too. So we need to be careful just to listen and watch. And what we have to do, what we have to do in our uh, in what is, is what our ability allows us to do, which is deal with the peripheries, deal with your local, deal with your city councils, deal with all of them, because that is how you can take them out one by one. Now, let's listen to Rick Grinnell, who's my favorite, um, and what he said, what happens when you weaponize intelligence agencies. Listen to this upon the FBI as the fact finders here and the lawyers in the National Security Division to vet the accuracy of, of the FISA application. And All my job, Trump, right? 
No, Senator, they did not hate Trump. Well, if I may. And I have to say, <laughs> I have to speak up here for the career men and women of the Department of Justice. You know, there were. Oh, I'm not talking about all the career men and women. I think you and your colleagues have, have tarnished the reputation of the FBI. Okay, more criticism coming in of Sally Yates' testimony before Senate Judiciary yesterday. The president did tweet about Sally Yates saying it's not possible that Sally Yates, the number, number two person at the Justice Department, did not know what was going on at the FBI and the abuses of the FISA process and more. Given that Yates testified that former FBI Director James Comey, quote, went rogue in sending FBI agents to the White House to go after General Michael Flynn. Former FBI officials James Comey and Andrew McCabe are expected to testify next month. Let's welcome former acting director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell, back to the show. Rick, it's great to have you back on, sir. Can you tell us your, what was your reaction when you heard Sally Yates' testimony yesterday? She's rejecting the notion there was anti-Trump political bias. I mean, look, my first reaction was, boy, would I like to be the one that was asking questions of Sally Yates. Uh, she completely missed it. First of all, let's be very clear about a couple of things, Elizabeth. We're talking about Russian propaganda the DOJ under Obama and the FBI under uh, President Obama and Vice President Biden have tried to create this uh, thing that is beyond Russian propaganda. They're trying to pretend like elections were hacked and voting machines were hacked. They keep saying Russian uh, collusion and Russian meddling in our election. What Russia did is what Russia always does, which is push propaganda largely if not exclusively on our social media. And this was about policy issues, not just about candidates. And so we need to be clear that this is about Russian propaganda. Getting to Sally Yates, I have to say, what uh, she got away with yesterday was not being pinned down on the idea that all of the action on General Flynn increased when Donald Trump became the president. During this time that we call the peaceful transition of power, we had a peaceful transition from Bush to Obama. We did not have a peaceful transition of power from Obama to Trump. And the reason why is, is because Vice President Biden, President Trump, and National Security- Let me explain something. We never had a transition of power. There was- a shadow government, a shadow government still operating under the guise of Barack Hussein Obama giving orders. This is there was a continuity of government between them. And that is what's happening. I want you to understand why it was so important that they, uh, you know, the way they uh, they came to these things. I hope that that little snippet that I showed you and I see someone who saw Manafort and Stone, why they went for them first. Why did they go for them first? Because they're like, how dare you? You were in with us. How dare you? How dare you outskirt, you know, and think that you can beat us? Think. So uh, what we have to understand is that this is bigger than anything, bigger than anything. But, you know, crumbs are left everywhere for people to collect because that's how you fly under the radar. That is how you tweet words through time with no one paying attention. So that way, when it sits on the right, you know, eyes and ears, it comes through. What he is telling you right now is key. There was no 
con there was no transfer of power. There was a continuity of government. Security advisor Susan Rice began to pick up this strat this strategy to go after the Trump administration and the Trump administration officials during the time where they should have been handing over files to say, hey, coordinate, let's coordinate this policy. Let's have a peaceful transition. But instead, they act like General Flynn was doing secret phone calls with the Russians. He was the incoming national security advisor. Of course, he's talking to the Russian ambassador. It just so happens that when he's talking to the Russian ambassador, the Russians are concerned about a UN vote. And what does General Flynn say? We have one government at a time. Let's de-escalate this situation. General Flynn did exactly what you want him to do on a phone call with the Russians when he is the incoming national security advisor during the presidential transition. What, what is shameful is that Susan Rice and Joe Biden, who were uh, all about trying to uh, undo this peaceful transition, what they decided to do and all of their team was create this crazy idea that somehow we were colluding with the Russians. That the Listen to what he's saying. There was no peaceful transition. Peaceful transition means I'm handing the reins over to you. They never handed the reins over. They kept on to it with this fake Russia narrative. This is it. Rick Rennell will be back. Not yet. Rick Rennell will be back. There was no transition, you guys. They had a continuity of government. They continued to be in charge. Look at who we have as the ambassador for the United States and Saudi Arabia. Barack Hussein Obama's private cabinet of intelligence advisors that were in the White House, not CIA. They were higher than everyone. They were sitting with the president of the United States at the time. Understand this is why we do need to reclaim our time and reclaim our time for another eight years as long as he can because I only have eight more left. So Yes, that is what we want. I want him with his sexy satchel and his, you know, clear cut ways to go through and slash it all down again. It is scary. Trump transition team was colluding with the Russians. They were coordinating, trying to uh, take over the greatest country in the world through a peaceful transition of power with the current administration who undercut yep. them. It's outrageous. Yeah, I think you. Uh, so it was President Obama, Joe Biden, Susan Rice meeting in the Oval Office the day after that the FBI decided to drop the case and the probe into General Flynn. Uh, you know, all of this was basically based on the you know what was going on was a steel dossier paid for the Dem by the Democrats. Hillary Clinton wanted to use that steel opposition research to contest the 2016 election. If she lost, somehow that got its way into the FBI and it was used for FISA wiretaps. Your take on Obama's former national security advisor, Susan Rice, she's a candidate for Joe Biden's running mate. What's your reaction to her time in the Obama administration? Was the Obama team, in your estimation, only focused on stopping Russian meddling? Look, Susan Rice's career can be summed up by spying and lying. She was yes. somebody who created an email to herself at 12.15 on the inauguration day. President Trump had just become president. She was sitting in the White House and she emailed herself thinking that she was going to make 
some sort of email for the records to say, we did everything by the book. But what she failed to recognize is that she was sitting in that chair and she emailed at 12.15 when President Trump had just taken the oath at noon. So her email to herself was actually written during the Trump presidency. This is what the records show. These are what yeah. the facts show. It's outrageous that reporters haven't reported this, even though they've seen this. So uh, I, I also ask you this, Elizabeth, yeah. why in January of 2016, weeks before President Trump takes over uh, as president and weeks before the inauguration, did Vice President Joe Biden request an unmasking of the Russian Flynn phone call. All of this is known. He knew exactly who that was before he even asked for the yeah. unmasking, but he did it anyway. And then it was leaked to the media. This is really a problem when your government weaponizes the intelligence agencies against their opponents. Well, here's the Very thing. scary. Here's the other here's the other thing that's going on. The Obama administration abuses are they worse than then we realize because there's stories coming in that there was use of NSA raw data on U.S. citizens given to outside FBI contractors and now a nonprofit privacy. Wait a minute. Now they're saying it. How many times have we been saying that? I've written articles galore saying raw NSA data translation violations and over collections of Section 702. You see it. You see it coming. Mitigation by Fox. Mitigation by Fox. Thank you, Rick, for answering the question. Now take a listen to what he says, because you guys that have been listening to Tory says for almost three years knew this from day one group is saying, wait a second, it looks like 48 current and former members of the House and Senate were unmasked starting in 2008 through the Obama administration. Rick, is worse than we realize Obama administra administration potential abuses here? Look, I think transparency is really important. I'm not suggesting that all unmasking is, is evil. Uh, sometimes it's, it's important to, to be done, but this unmasking that I declassified was done during the transition when we should have had a peaceful transition of power. Instead, we had a strategy to bring down the Trump uh, administration before they even started. Rick Grinnell, great to have you on, sir. Did you see how he said the one that I did was during the transition period? You see what he said? There's more. Wait, boys and girls, there's more. That's what he was saying. They were taking the 702s. That's what they're hiding with this fake dossier because that is criminal by the laws that we still have. That is it. I've told you the dossier is rubbish. It was put together as a nice blanket to cover the crap that they were actually doing. And, you know, it all comes down to, hey, I saw everything. I was watching everything. I was watching all. Of I even saw when Admiral Rogers was like, what? You know, cocked his head a little bit. I saw everything, all their communications. I had access to it, guys. I had access to it since 1998 when it was set up. That is when it was set up. 1998. Just so you know. So the problem is, is that when you create something, the foundation, the floor of the building never changes. Why would you change the floor? You just build up on it. And unfortunately, they had forgotten about me. They had totally forgotten me in the basement as part of the floor. So I was watching everything. And you know, 
this taking down of my Twitter account probably had to do with all the stuff I've been tweeting about. That's why they got rid of the previous one. That's why they got rid of this one. This is how they work, but it's okay. Cause other people have collected it. I know there are. And you know, kind of when I told Adam Schiff, Hey, why are you talking, man? I saw you, you're using a silent circle phone. I'm right there. I heard every word, but no, Nobody pays attention because it's not a tiara, it's not a sash, it's not a blue check mark, and we follow blindly because unfortunately, unfortunately, our uh, the way that we are raised is to look up to those that are most successful. But that is because you have taken what they consider success as success. You define success. You define riches. Who do you think is rich? I know people that are in their 40s, you know, that had focused so much on their career that their life went away. And, you know, when they get older, they just don't have anything. And it's like, well, you know, you thought money was more important. That defines your success, that your bank account defines your success. No, it's what you do today that defines your success. So, again, this is why Bill Clinton, before he was impeached, went insane, insane to dig out this big, fat, fat, huge black budget because that black budget was on the heels of the private companies they were already building. David Cuthbertson of the FBI, nobody talks about him. He is the god of collecting everything. Nobody talks about those things. So we are at the end of this stream. I want to wish you guys a fabulous evening. If there is a coronavirus presser, if there is, uh, then so be it. I will be there. Anything of importance, I will totally be there. Uh, the radio was horrible. I have the audio for the whole show uninterrupted, including with the gosh darn it's in it. Um, you know, I have been around for a very long time, as you can see. My first tweet was telling you everything's good. Well, actually, I wasn't going to use that one. I was going to use another one. Uh, the other one was like, oh, they got me, but that's coming at another time. So, uh, you know, this is how we get the word around. We are one. Where we go one, we go all. And remember to show and share your love with General Flynn, who is in the middle of fire. You think just the president? Pre the president is a public face. So is General Flynn. And so uh, God bless everyone. And I will see you when I see you. Hopefully you guys will see uh, my tweets and um, I'm on some, I'm going to be uploading this episode on YouTube in full as well. Uh, God bless everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. If you don't hear from me, which you will. Mm -hmm.